Grand Moth Tarkin, I am honored by your visit. No, I just honestly forgot that I had to say something. <laughs> I was just sitting in silence. Welcome to Grand Moff Talking, delicately curated, long form discussion of the internationally beloved Star Wars saga, tailored to the modern fanatic, brought to you lovingly in weekly increments by the loquacious yet soothing voices of your hosts, Jake. Beep! Oh, man, it, like how perfect would it have been if the beep had happened right then? I was crossing my fingers and toes. Uh, and also Jasmine. Howdy. <laughs> how did you like being introduced as and also Jasmine? <laughs> no, I didn't like it that much. That felt like a slam for some reason. Sorry, everything is second place to the beep tonight. What That's is the true. beep the listeners Shout may be asking? You you'll will, hear it. You'll know. You'll know the beep when you hear it. And also, yeah. and also, also, I'm Riley. Um, also, also, Riley. Listen, we're doing this episode in honor of Beep Watch 2018. Make sure you get the batteries changed on your smoke detectors. Yeah, public. This is mine's a, dying. This is a public I, PSA for everyone. Yes, this is a public <laughs> service announcement PSA, and uh, and also buy a screwdriver so you can open it and take the battery out if it's annoying. So yeah, you don't own a screwdriver. No, I do, but there's weirdly not a, a slot for a screwdriver. I, I looked at this thing. Oh, it's a puzzle. I looked at this thing and pried at it. There's not any place for a screwdriver to go. So I guess what I'm saying is buy a buy a Yuzhan Vong screwdriver. <laughs> we'll get to that later. So I wanna <laughs> we're gonna have a little contest here for the listener oh, no. who counts every beep. And um, <laughs> tweets at us how many beeps there were in this episode. You win a special prize. I'm going to give you a hint. Count the, the dash amount of action figure. <laughs> yeah, yes. you'll win the dash <laughs> action figure. It's still in my trunk. <laughs> <laughs> we never send it out. Um, nope. Okay, I'm hosting, <laughs> technically. This beep is going to kill me. Um, hey, the listeners. We're talking about Error to the Empire? Are we? Is oh, that what we that... decided? Yeah, I think so. I, <laughs> okay. Here's what you I want. You just didn't seem confident, Riley. <laughs> well, I didn't remember. <laughs> I need I our being honest. Oh, we should also update everybody that in honor of Red Dead Redemption 2, we are going to be using our cowboy <laughs> accents as much as humanly possible. Y'all. <laughs> Y'all. <laughs> we have special guest John Marston here. And special guest, the beeping prospector. <laughs> Watch your language. So we're talking about Air to the Empire. And this is the worst episode we've done so far. I disagree. I've I've gone back and listened to some of our previous Discord episodes, and some of them are quite bad. Well, this one will join the list. Usually they start out bad, and then we get into it. And this is is no different. Here we are. Okay. Jake. Hey, buddy. You never read Legends before this podcast. Am I correct? You just said a true fact. Jasmine. Yes. You did read <laughs> Legends before <laughs> this <Yeah>. podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't want to do Riley. I don't want to do this. What? 
Did you read Legends before the podcast? <laughs> yes, I did. But Jake, you recently read Heir to the Empire, a Star Wars Heir novel. Heir to the Empire. Yeah. I did. I read it. I've read almost the entire trilogy. I'm not quite finished with The Last Command because it's very long. Maybe the last one. Oh, my God. The second book in that. We'll, we'll get to that. But, just, let's just talk about the whole series. Yeah, that was kind of what I was thinking. Um, I've read enough of this trilogy. To, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think that my opinion is going to be changed by the last 20 pages of this book. I don't know. Um, wh- what if I read the last 20 pages and I'm like, you know what? Retroactively, the second one's great now. Yeah, it could happen. <laughs> it could. It will not. <laughs> uh, but yes, and I honestly read it at the recommendation. Listeners uh, who remember our bad Discord episodes will remember a uh, episode that we did where uh, Jasmine and Riley recommended Legends books. Yes. And uh, I guess Isaac did too, but I feel like it was mostly you guys because you had more <laughs> knowledge of the extended universe. Expanded. That was Isaac's. And... That was Isaac's phase where he didn't care about the podcast. And that's true. Quite frankly, he's, he's still in that all, phase. Yeah. Yeah, it continues to this very day. <laughs> I Once again, I could have texted him, and I just forgot. He could have joined <laughs> in on Discord, probably. I tagged him. Sorry, Isaac. He never logged on, so, you know. Oh, well, you know what? Okay. Hey, you know what? Maybe he'll just pop on. Because hey. if he gets on Discord and just turns his mic on. He could do it. He could do it. He won't. You know what? Let's tease a potential guest appearance. <laughs> what if Stay this t- is the episode where he comes on? Stay this tuned to see that. if Isaac comes back in this episode. <laughs> you know what? He may come back in cowboy form, whether he likes it or not. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, I remember distinctly Jasmine uh, saying to me that I should read the Thrawn trilogy because... Oh, I did. Whew. You did. So this is your fault, oh. this podcast. Oh, <laughs> oh, this whole podcast is fine. Yeah, okay. the entire thing, even okay. the first episode that we ever did. Yep. And uh, but I'm glad that she did. Uh, you recommended it because, I mean that this was the watershed moment, and you know what, the Watergate moment, because it was a scandalous mm. book that uh, started off Legends. Uh, basically, everything that is beloved in Legends, in a way, sprang from this trilogy and uh it surely it surely didn't spring from a splinter of the mind's eye no uh so yeah i read the trilogy i found an interesting thing while researching this book because it's been a while since i read it and i didn't want to reread it the book right before this is named in like the the timeline of star wars legends is called tatooine ghost by Troy Denning. Excuse hey, me? good old Troy Denning. And it good was, old Troy Denning? And it was written in 2003, but in the timeline, it fits wait, right wait, before wait, wait. this. It fits. What? So, Tatooine did you do enough? Fits between Courtship of Princess Leia and this <laughs> and Heir to the Empire. There's one book in between Courtship and Heir to the Empire, and it's a, a book where Han and Leia go to Tatooine to buy an art piece that is sold at auction because the art piece has an old rebellion code in it. And if the empire gets their hands on it, they'll discover rebel spy codes. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I wish I could make this. Did the movie national treasure rip off 
Tatooine ghost? Yeah. Because that sounds so. like the exact plot. Mm-hmm. Plot for plot and shot for shot. Uh, I was hoping that you would tell me like what the previous book was that was written in like IRL chronology. I to have no idea fire. about that. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know if there were any books Hold written on. I other bet than I can novelization. I bet, I bet I can you can. I believe in you. Heir to the Empire it, was 91. Indeed it was. Oh boy, this is a unwieldy list of books. I have no idea. You think that would be an easy <laughs> enough thing to compile? You would think so. I don't know. Enemy of the show, Wikipedia, constantly letting us down. Huh. Courtship was 94. I'd forgotten that. I don't see any books written in 1990, any Star Wars books. So like, that's weird. Oh, okay. I see. So, anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yes. I read this book and the second book and most of the third book. And I beep. And I liked this trilogy. I couldn't put them down. I mean, I'm a pretty slow reader. And yet, in the span of like two weeks, I, I've read the entire Thrawn trilogy. I've You've been reading an insane amount of books these last couple weeks, bud. You know what happens when like fall and winter hit is my brain goes just, I think I'm conditioned from youth like first order soldiers mm. into into reading books like i immediately go into book mode and i can't i can't get motivated to watch anything like i don't i'm not in the mood to watch tv i just for some reason i constantly just want to read well and the rest of the year i don't <laughs> <laughs> but now i'm reading a crazy amount of books well the purchase you just made might ruin that I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped reading uh, about like Friday, last Friday. <laughs> oh shoot. Darn tootin'. <laughs> so I Jasmine, when's the last time you think you read these books? And what are your oh. what's your remembrance of like do you like these books? I'm gonna say ten years ago. <laughs> oh wow. I I read them when I was just a wee teenager. <laughs> A wee teen. A wee teen. Wow. <laughs> um, I remember. I remember thinking they were the best books ever written. Well, like, that seems to be the general consensus from yeah. Yeah. Read them at that time. And then I've tried to reread them since, and have just stopped and not been able to get past the first couple chapters. I don't know. So Riley, when was the last time you read or tried to read this series? When was the last time you actually read it? The well, I don't know if I actually have ever read the entire series. Wait, I, what? I know, Whoa, I know, what? I've read the first book, uh, and Wait, I think, you... I think I've Wait, always what? tapped out. Jasmine, Jasmine has book. a question. I think we should let okay. her ask her question. What's your... did, so did you not read the third one? No, I've never read the third one. <gasps> it's the got third the one craziest thing rack. in it. I know it's about so the good. I know about but the clone. But it's so crazy. <laughs> this third book is just delightful. Um, I, just I feel like he had an idea. Quick, quick hot take. I feel like Timothy Zahn had two good ideas for books, but they're like, hey, we don't do duologies we do trilogies here in star wars land so this one minor plot point that could take one chapter of one book extend it to 500 pages (laughs) and that's what dark force rising is i just yeah i just couldn't get through dark force rising ever like dark boredom rising i don't even remember that one at all well there's like literally nothing happens other than thrawn stealing a fleet 
which happens in the last oh. chapter. Hmm. Oh. That's how he gets all of his ships. Huh. He and has that's it. That's all. Like Doritos? Cool. <laughs> I have accurately... Does he have Doritos? You said all of his chips. <laughs> yeah, he steals Lay's, he steals Pringles, he wow. steals Doritos. It's incredible. Great podcast. Yeah. Yep. This is yep. probably our number one podcast so far. Probably yeah. our best cup podcast that we have. At least we're not drama. Oh, Do you know snap. what? At least you can listen to us and not feel a little sad, like, sad or creeped out. <laughs> I or, wouldn't like, you find anyway. I wouldn't speak for the listener. Yeah, don't don't speak for them. I guess you could be creeped out by us. They might feel listen. sad listening to this. I, do. <laughs> I feel a little sad being on this show. So <laughs> sure. Listen, yeah, I just I like just being with my pals. So whenever we do Discord, I, my energy is just a little weird. It's true. It's just different because I I love my friends, mm-hmm. and when I I'm sorry, mm-hmm. pals, and when I'm not physically in the same room as them, I'm just thinking the whole time I could be sitting across from these guys, yep. looking at their fun facial expressions. Hello. We don't know what we were talking about because Discord crashed and I had to stop recording and now we're back at it again. So if we abruptly stopped talking about whatever we were talking about, that's why. (laughs) And now we're going to talk about the book. We don't remember what Yes, great episode. Great episode. All right. Heir to the Empire. Okay. Well, let me talk about this for a second because... I'm coming into this. I'm going into Heir to the Empire as somebody who you know, now I have Legends knowledge because we've read a lot of stuff for the show. So I know some stuff about Legends, <laughs> but it is weird coming into this as like beep, beep, beep. <laughs> <laughs> because this was episode seven. This yes. was. Star Wars have been... When did Jedi come out? Like, 83? Yes, 83. And from 83 to 91, there was no Star Wars. So, that's a long time. And people are... And there was also no knowledge of the prequels. There wasn't anything to color one's expectations of what Star Wars should be outside of the original trilogy. No, they were given these characters and said, have at it. Have some fun. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think I think we talked about this, but George had an idea of what the next Star Wars trilogy was going to be, but he also knew it wasn't going to involve Luke and Leia and Han, so it didn't really matter what happened to those characters in this series. What's really funny is I, I've, I've watched an interview with George Lucas recently. I need to go back and, and find which one it was, but... Somebody, it, it was back when I think Jedi was coming out, and somebody asked him what episode seven would be. And he did specifically talk about making prequels. He said, I want to do a sequel when Mark Ham will be old enough to be the Obi Wan character, which hey. is very interesting to me. Um, because that was always, I think, kind of in his head. So I, I guess from Lucas's standpoint, he's like, Well, they can do whatever they want in books. So long as I get to have old Mark Hamill <laughs> and or $4 billion. So reading this and basically saying, okay, The Force Awakens doesn't exist, but this does. What I walked away from was thinking that 
ironically enough, a lot of the complaints that people have about The Force Awakens, I have with <laughs> Heir to the Empire. I ultimately really did enjoy it. I I totally get why people loved it. I would not say it's like one of my favorite books, Star Wars books I've read. It is boring <laughs> in parts, in long yeah. stretches. What I What I felt reading it was this book forced Timothy Zahn to exercise his best instincts. And that new canon, I think, gives him a lot of leeway to exercise his, his worst instincts, which is getting into long, boring tangents of minutia and military protocol and sci-fi concepts and people twisting their lips. Which is a sentence that uh, I desperately yeah. wished that I would have kept a lip twisting counter. What is twisting? Well, yeah, your what lips? what what exactly does twisting your lips accomplish? <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing is it's not a great descriptor because Beep. I said that and you guys were like, wait, what? Like I have this image in my mind of like something from Doctor Who. <laughs> like their lips would just start twisting in circles or I don't know. I feel like something Doctor Who would I'm trying to twist my lips right now and I just can't <laughs> figure it out. Yeah. It sounds it like, a, like Jim a natural Perry thing. thing. <laughs> it doesn't sound like something, oh yeah, when someone twists their lips. No. But <laughs> he uses it, I'm not kidding, at least multiple times a chapter. Anytime there is a dialogue exchange, multiple times somebody will twist their lips. And I'm known for being hyperbolic, but that is that is not hyperbole. Like it was insane. I made it a like a point to make a mental note that like, yep. Sure enough, another dialogue exchange. Somebody <laughs> twisted lips. Is it supposed to be like a smirk? I think so. But it was never entirely clear to me. Does he know that the word smirk exists? I wish that somebody would have informed him of the word smirk. Because I feel like it would have helped him out. Anyway, like the new books that he's that he's written have been criticized a little bit for kind of being real boring. Oh yeah. Not Pretty having a lot of criticized Especially, by us mostly for being boring. Well, I think Thrawn Alliances was pretty universally panned as being like this is just yeah, nothing. Like, it kind of showed up and disappeared really quickly, huh? Yeah, especially for being a Zon book and being like, like the first prequel stuff we've gotten in like the Disney era maybe. So it's yeah, weird it, that it just disappeared. Because it's not fun. No. Okay? It's, it's fun. Not. It's fun when it's actually prequel era stuff, but I feel like yeah, it 60, doesn't really 40, count. It's like forty percent prequel, sixty percent Vader Thrawn <laughs> stuff, and no one wants that anymore. I don't think we had enough of that. So, so that's that's what I was saying. Like when Zahn is given access to Han, Luke, and Leia, and Chewie in R two and C three PO, and his assignment is make a new adventure for these beloved heroes, then I think he's able to thrive because he's able to able to Thrawn. Just, and he wrote like he invented a great villain in Thrawn. And so he, when you give him the right tools, I feel like Timothy Zahn is a very effective writer, but the new canon books, all he has is Thrawn who frankly, when he's not the antagonist of a character you care about, 
is very boring. There's can the I, only, yeah, go ahead. Can I ask you a question? I would can love I, it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Our silence means um, yes. Okay. I accept. <laughs> so we've been reading a lot of bad old canon books where <laughs> I feel like a lot of our complaints are that these authors didn't know how to write these characters that we've grown to love in the movies, like Han, Luke, and Leia. I, like they, you feel like some of these authors have almost butchered their characters. Right. You, you reading this Thrawn trilogy, how did these characters feel when uh, Zahn got to write them? Man, I felt like he did a great job. That was something that really stood out to me. I, I had to make it a point to not just listen to the audiobooks because I find Mark Thompson infuriating. That'll be news <laughs> to listeners of our show. But our, our, our one-way feud with Mark Thompson continues. <laughs> Enemy of the show, Mark Thompson. He doesn't know he exists. No, and ideally he will Maybe never. Maybe he does, and he cries himself to sleep every night. Do you think every week piles he piles of audiobook money. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how much money one could He's reasonably make. One through. pile of audiobook money. <laughs> Just one yes. pile. It's a modest <laughs> it's, pile. And it's one pile of $1 bills. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like that was a strong point in the book. Uh, Timothy Zahn did a very good job of nailing the interplay between the characters. And Han dialogue really sounded like Han dialogue. In general, I felt like he really did capture the kind of old Hollywood-esque quippy dialogue between these characters. like The Kasdinian had, dialogue. Yes, he had very good word choice, especially with like when Han and Lando, <laughs> a.k.a. Hando, were talking. Uh, that was very on point. Leia, I feel like he wrote really well. And I've listened to some interviews with him, and he, he likes Leia a lot as a character. He interestingly described her in an interview he did with Andy Gutierrez as the Captain America of the Star Wars trilogy, hmm. which huh. I liked a lot. Yeah, that she's always kind of the moral center of the group. That's a good call. <laughs> that's yeah. And I was like, that's a very nice call. And that was a that was actually a highlight of the trilogy for me was Leia I didn't love that she was often by herself doing her own adventure on a boring planet. Talking to a Wookiee with a speech impediment. Talking, oh my god, tune into the Young Jedi Knights. Oh. But, or talking to um, Nogri, who also mm, are very boring. Yeah. But she as a character, I thought, really uh, shined, and he did a good job of writing her. Beep. <laughs> Beep watch 2018. Uh, so yeah, that was a highlight. Good. Thank you. Good. <laughs> what was not what was not a highlight to me was and I guess I have a, a few opinions on this, which is Timothy Zahn is obviously a sci-fi writer by trade, and, and he introduced a lot of sci-fi concepts into the series. Like like a like a hot chocolate. <laughs> like hot chocolate. The classic <laughs> sci-fi trope. Concept ever hot chocolate, <laughs> but that you know what? No, we're, we're joking, but that is kind of a bad cliche of like some. It's always the thing in like young adult novels that take place in the future, and they're like, "What's this thing that's what, a light bulb? What can you imagine?" Yeah, and it was like Lando found this ancient recipe for this thing called 
hot chocolate. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I it always. It was a thing in Inferno Squad too, where it's like a book. Can you imagine a book? Every time I go back to read this trilogy, I get stopped by the hot chocolate line, and I give up, <laughs> which is bad That's considering it's on the too. first page of the book. It's you know what though it's not. I remembered it being like the first thing that happens. It's not, and it no, it's like four chapters in. Oh well, there you because go. Because I, I, but it is like the first chapter is just you know Thrawn being Thrawn and looking at art and being like hmm, interesting. I'm figuring everything out and being smart <laughs> all the time. And you're like I immediately understand what this character is, and then it's flashing to Leia being pregnant. And Han being a dad and also not a smuggler. And you're like, eh, this isn't what I'm into Han for. And then it cuts to Luke making hot chocolate. And you're like, screw this book. This sucks. <laughs> but then, like, it really does get good. Like That, that was the thing that uh, my memory of trying to read this book was I was like, this is just so far removed from what I like. But once it got past that, I felt like it was actually a very good continuation of the series so we've got your opinions on the old characters now i want to ask about a couple new characters oh yes so how do you feel about mara jade in this book these books you know uh, the thing th that really made me want to read this trilogy was mara jade because i heard from everyone all the time about what a great character she was and i know that you guys talked about her a lot on that episode the yeah. aforementioned episode where you re recommended beep uh yeah. rebels not rebels books <laughs> legends books, legends books. <laughs> i call them rebel books yeah they were very rebellious books about <laughs> hot chocolate and uh so i i wanted to kind of get a sense of what mara j was like but is very strange in Heir to the Empire because she is really the antagonist in a way. Like, mm -hmm. she's, but knowing where she ends up, because I, I knew that her and Luke ended up getting married just because everyone knows that now. It was super interesting because the entire trilogy, I'm reading this thinking how, because uh, even in the third book, she still wants to kill Luke for the first like third of it. And I have some feelings on how that is resolved good feelings bad feelings i have mixed feelings feelings just feelings okay <laughs> did I you have know feelings an alternate <laughs> title for this first book was the emperor's hand yes that's a good title that was um so the uh, first but the book's title. not really about her so it didn't work too well timothy zahn has a weird crush on what i know a character i'm sure you're gonna talk about which is talon card so i won't give my opinion on him <laughs> He wanted to call the book Wild, Wild Card. Card. Yeah, bad. What a sucky title for bad. a Star Wars book. Thank Especially God this it. book that's not about him at all. <laughs> no! He's a side I mean, character. None of the books are about him. Yeah. So weird if any of them were like the Talon Card Adventure. Like, he's not <laughs> that big of a character. And then uh, The Emperor's Hand is a cool name mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. i feel like heir to the empire is a very very a strong name. yeah i feel like part of the reason why people like this book is because it's called heir to the empire and that's a cool title it is a cool title yeah uh um, but yes so oh, i didn't i guess i didn't really give an opinion on margie oh, yeah. which is margie that i did like her as a character i, I felt like she purely 
ex- she was a little one-dimensional. Her only thing that you know about her ever is that she hates Luke. And her motivation for hating Luke was always a little weird for me. She hates Luke and wants to kill him because she was the Emperor's right-hand woman. She was his, like, secret assassin, secret apprentice. And her assignment was to kill Luke Skywalker on the sand barge uh, in Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. This this book kind of retcons it so that she was supposed to be one of Jabba's dancers, mm-hmm. which I didn't I didn't like look at any screenshots to figure out if you can see Mara in there. Can you? I don't think so. Ah, uh, no. I, I was trying to think like, did he like see one extra and was like, that could be Mara? The <laughs> description doesn't match anybody that I can think of, but I don't know. So in this book, she's just a rage monster and just is purely seeking revenge. I didn't necessarily buy that she would hate Luke so much for killing the Emperor because uh, I didn't understand what like human attachment she had to the Emperor. But I guess mm-hmm. I, I haven't finished the third book, so I shouldn't pass too much judgment, but if we're exclusively talking about heir to the empire, you're I'm reading that and thinking, okay, she was the emperor's helper. Luke killed the emperor, but who cares? <laughs> it's not like every stormtrooper in the galaxy suddenly hated Luke Skywalker more. Like nobody cared about the emperor. Nobody knew him. True. So yeah. I, I don't know. Am I making sense? Yes. Okay. I, I've got a unique rating system for each new character, and I want you to rate them. So, Ooh, okay. how many red hairs out of purple lightsabers do you give <laughs> Mara Jade? Uh, it's a great rating system. It makes sense, and I understand it. Yeah. Uh, I would give her three red hairs out of two purple lightsabers. Okay, good. Sounds, sounds good. Let's. She's over 100%. Do you have anything else to say about Talon Card? Oh, I don't get what i'm supposed to think about him like i don't <laughs> he's, he's just kind of there huh i think we mentioned in a previous episode like it was listed on some wikipedia entry of like this book introduced many beloved characters like mara jade thrawn and talon card <laughs> like talon card is a beloved character there's nothing to him he's just like the most generic smuggler rpg star wars archetype ever like there's nothing really distinctive about him am i wrong about that or like does he get really cool in the last three pages of the third book i never remember him getting cool he does show up in other series but he's just kind of he's just kind of your smuggler guy He's all there. I like all i remember about him is not even a fact about him it's that when i was reading the book i would say card a instead of card yeah because <laughs> all i remember i guess if for all i know it is pronounced card because mark thompson pronounces stuff wrong all the time <laughs> wild card a wild card a. but then when you say wild card oh wait it yeah. should be card but card a sounds cooler and i'm gonna stick with it card a did her duty <laughs> so so how many how many mutton chops out of cowboy hats do you give Talon Card? <laughs> he gets one mutton chop out of forty five cowboy hats. <laughs> Good. Uh, who else is new? Thrawn. Who cares about Thrawn? We've talked about Thrawn. Whoa. 
Well, I guess, okay, how is yeah, he? Yeah, who do cares you... about Thrawn? No, but we've talked about Thrawn so much. Is he better in this book, do you think, than the newer Thrawn books or better than he is in Rebels? How do you feel about Thrawn in these books? That is, I'm glad that we are talking about it. I didn't want to skip past it because I feel like because, weirdly enough, my first exposure to Thrawn was in Rebels, other than just like knowing about him and reading the first couple chapters of this book, mm-hmm. it was interesting to read more of his character. And I have to say, like, I'm sure it helped that Timothy Zahn like consulted on Rebels and also wrote Solo Book, but he feels very similar. Like, the, the, I feel like that was a pretty flawless transition from book to screen. That's, I thought that, that too. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know what was interesting is that like obviously Mark Thompson did not have the knowledge of Lars Mikkelsen. <laughs> back in the 90s when he was reading this or not even the 90s it was like in 2011 20th anniversary game so he was just reading him as like a generic bad guy voice and it struck me how much Lars Mikkelsen brought to that role like I I can't hear Thrawn's voice without hearing that voice yeah I I think why I like him in Rebels so much in addition to the Lars Mikkelsen and stuff because he's so good I, for me, Thrawn falls apart when you understand how he figures everything out because it's never going yes. to be satisfactory. So when you have a book about him, especially the newer Thrawn books, where you're going through his thought process and how he's figuring it out and like, oh, well, I discovered this painting from 500 oh, years ago. Yeah, no and it, it's just kind of unbelievable in a not good way. So I kind of like him more in Rebels when he just shows up. And there is some of that art stuff. But for the most part, he just shows up and he knows he what the Rebels are doing. Yeah, And he's, he's scarier them. to me that way. Yeah, analyzing. Mm-hmm. So I prefer Rebels Thrawn to Book Thrawn. That's my hot take. You're totally dead on there. And what's so crazy, at least so far is that the very important art skill that's brought out in the first chapter of the first book is never really brought back to take down Han Luke Leia or Chewie <laughs> like it's it's he it does come back to take down like uh I can't remember what species of like what what planet he takes over it's actually like the very opening of the third book it's really cool like He's discerned this thing about their culture from their art, and then he executes his plan, which is genuinely really smart, which is that he has these cloaking devices, which he stole, like, in the very first book, and he uses them to sneak in enemy ships, like, through a planet's shield, right? Like, imagine, mm-hmm. like, Scarif shield. So he sneaks them in. They have cloaking devices. You can't see them. Then he has Star Destroyers on the outside of the shield. He has both ships, the ships inside the shield and outside the shield, time their blast to such a specific way so that it seems to the people on the ground as if the Star Destroyers are blasting through the shields. And it freaks them out. And they're like, oh my god, they have weapons that can go through our shields. We're screwed. And they surrender. And I was like, that is genuinely very cool. That's probably yeah, the coolest thing cool. I've ever seen. I really loved that. Uh, but what I realized was the thing... Zon ran out of cool ideas? Yeah, he had (laughs) exactly one, which is that. (laughs) And the thing that 
I, I saw as a flaw in Star Wars Rebels, which was that it was always like, yeah, I lost. I'll let them get away. But yeah, it's fine. It is all part of some very smart plan, which is not even that smart. That is actually very in character. Like that was not Rebels being late which I think I accuse it of being like, yeah. that is yeah. exactly what happens <laughs> all throughout these books. Yeah. Like every time our heroes interact with him, obviously they have to get away because they can't die. And then he's like, nah, it's fine. It's totally fine. Cause I'm I smart. I think this I'm going to Yeah. It's actually all according to plan. And you're like, do you guys okay. know Calvin and Hobbes? The I do comic. know them very personally. Remember that one where Hobbs tries to pounce on Calvin and he misses and he tumbles and he acts like it never <laughs> happened? Yeah. That's Thrawn. <laughs> I love that so much. That was one of my favorite descriptions I've ever heard. Because I love Calvin and Hobbs. It's just that's what Thrawn does. He's like, This is I meant to do this. I'll get him later. <laughs> anyway, Sorry. how many uh red eyes out of Interdictor cruisers, do you give Thrawn? <laughs> oh boy, we are crushing it today. I definitely thought of all of these ahead of time. These yeah, rating systems. Uh, just looking at the rating system that you sent me earlier today. Uh, <laughs> two red eyes out of two Interdictor cruisers. Ooh, a perfect score. Ooh, perfect score. <laughs> uh, who else is new? Paleon, he's cool. Do you like him or Eli more? I like Paleon more. Yeah, I like Paleon's him. cool. Mm-hmm. I, and I liked Eli reading mm-hmm. um, book. He was a highlight of the book, if not the highlight. I agree. Um, Paleon is just such a perfect foil to Thrawn. And it works really well because he is the old guard, traditional way of doing things versus Thrawn's radical new way of doing things. And the thing that's different about Eli is he's just like some country boy with no experience doing anything. I'm Eli Vanto. Eli Vanto. I also have... Picturing Eli Vanto with John Marston's voice just made me like him even more now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, I I do like Paleon more. He doesn't get a ton of character. I'm most interested to talk about... I mean, I, I guess what I mean by that is he is purely a foil to Thrawn. He is the Watson yeah. to Thrawn's homes. And that's great. That's a perfect thing. Uh, but I guess as a human being with like agency in the story and stuff, I don't I don't have a ton of feelings on Paleon other than that he's very effective at his role in the story. He's another you know one I, mean? I think it's fleshed out. I'm I'm pretty sure he makes appearances in the new Jedi Order. And things like oh, that. Oh, that makes me happy. Uh, I definitely know that he yeah. dies in that series. I think I looked up some information on him. So I was curious. And he, I think he dies or something in the new Jedi Order series. That sounds right. I can't wait to watch him die. <laughs> um, spoiler alert to listeners, we're reading those books now. Yeah, we're, we might talk about our, our plans for the future in a bit. Um, yes. So I think we I have, have one last that... main new character we need to talk about. Okay, I hope it's the one I want to talk about. Is it Jorus Kabalath? It's Joris Joris, Kabath. It's Joris, Joris Sabayoff. What? Sabayoff. No. Sabayoff. That's I how refuse. Mark Thompson says no. That's what Mark that Thompson is. says. <laughs> no. Doesn't he say Jeruis sometimes? Jer- he says Jeruth. Jeruth. Joris. Yeah. It, no, the original is Joris. 
Oh, you are so right. The clone has two U's. This is important. <sighs> this is important. This is important. This is important. <laughs> let's let's uh, lay the groundwork for the listener who may, who may have not read this book. Which lay, is the, lay the groundwork song. Good work. Really? No. You seem a little on edge. Yes. Don't try it. I have the high ground. Work. So, yes, this book existed before the concept of Sith existed, except not really because they were in George's original script for A New Hope. Uh, but anyway, they have – ooh, I take back that entire setup to that sentence because Dark Jedi <laughs> do not exist in this book. No. George Sabayoth is not a Dark Jedi. Oh, he is Sabi. just a Jedi. <laughs> Jasmine's dying. I hate that. At the name <laughs> Sabayoth. I hate it so much. What did I you call him? Kaboth. Kaboth. I'm going to put the kabosh on that pronunciation. Ooh. <laughs> it's a C, not an S. Okay. Joris. Oh, my God. This is the worst name. <laughs> Here's what I w- would like to say. And I know that I've apologized to Chuck Winding before, but I just want to kind of like re-apologize to him because I, I, I feel like I've criticized him in the past for having bad Star Wars names. His names are approximately 9,000% better. Joris Sabayoth. C apostrophe B-A-O-T-A. Like, what? Bad. I feel like, yes, Joris Sabayoth, comma, bad is his name. <laughs> What's very, what is sad, actually, is <laughs> something that is totally lost in the audiobook thing, which is maybe the worst thing that Zahn does. <laughs> it's really it, bad. This is very bad, and... What's very bad is I feel like he planted this from the first book and was really proud of it and was like, I can't wait to bring this back. He introduces this thing of like Joris Sabayoth was a Jedi master back in the Old Republic because you got to remember this is before the prequels. No Sith. There was no concept of what the Jedi Order was like. So Joris is just like this Jedi living somewhere <laughs> on some planet and you're seeing all this. And Thrawn seeks him out actively seek his help because Thrawn's feeling is the reason why the Empire was so successful and was able to constantly dominate was because the Emperor was using the dark side of the force to influence the entire fleet all the time which was interesting to me yeah. but I I call, also call baloney sandwich on that <laughs> because... battle meditation battle <laughs> meditation yeah so he feels like if we're going to bring the Empire back to its former glory. We need a dark side user, or a force user, rather, to command control of the army. So he seeks out this Jedi named Joris Sebayoth. Hmm. So there's this whole thing. And also, we need to talk about Islamiri or Mari, depending yeah. on your... Isalamiri. Isalamiri. Islamiri. <laughs> Mark Thompson says it. And sometimes he says Islamari, because I think he's not paying attention sometimes. Yeah, I don't think he's... I think he's actually not good. You know what? <laughs> Hashtag Mark Thompson bad. Let's go ahead. And just Let's get, get that started. trending too. Yeah. Let's start a lot of trends this episode, guys. Hashtag Mark Thompson deserves more than $1. Hashtag Mark Thompson bad. <laughs> what a mixed message of a tweet. Uh, but so Thrawn seeks out this specific species of lizard that is resistant to the force so that he doesn't have to worry about this Jedi using his force powers on him. I know this is a long explanation, but wait, it gets longer because we meet 
Joris Sabayov. Thrawn convinces him to come along. I don't remember why, because he's Thrawn. I think and, it's, he uses Luke as bait. He's like, you can train Luke does. and Leia if you he come does. with and me. He, yeah. And he also throws out there that Leia is pregnant with twins. Yeah. So George is like, ooh, if I can get my hands on those twins, I can imprint on the babies and have a new generation of weirdos like me. <laughs> and beep. it's beep. But then the most nuts, unnecessary thing happens which is you're thinking the whole time, wait a minute, Yoda says specifically that Luke is the last Jedi in Return of the Jedi. How is, is this guy around? Well, Mark Thompson, no, Timothy Zahn is way mm-hmm. ahead of Because <laughs> he's like, ah, you thought I was stupid. But wait, Jorah Sabayoth, that's not really him because I spelled it with two E's, Jorus. <laughs> because this guy is a clone of the real Jedi. <laughs> Which is like, <sighs> why though? It's really it bad that he just adds an extra U. Like, I can't yes. state enough that this is bad. Joris, bad good. Jerus, with two U's, bad. Why do you have to differentiate? Like, if it's a clone of the person, just name him Joris. Right now, we need to pause and we need to figure out our clone names. Mine is obviously Jake with two A's. Uh, mine Jeff. is obviously Riley um, with two R's. <laughs> <laughs> Riley. <laughs> Jasmine with two eyes. Oh, I thought you were going to go two Z's, but I like two eyes better. Yeah. <laughs> it feels more Star Wars-y. <laughs> it that, does. No, you're right. Yeah. So, so yes. This, yeah. And this is the character I honestly wanted to talk the most about because I'm like, the entire trilogy, I'm like, what even is this character? Like... He exists, his motivation, the whole reason why he wants to help Thrawn in the Empire is to draw Luke to him, to do stuff. He's not a dark <laughs> Jedi, so he's not technically evil. So no, he's not really like, bad. He just like wants to train Luke. Yeah, it's real But he's weird. weird in the head. He had like a weird cult on the planet where Thrawn found him. Yes, yes. And, he, he ran a very weird, like, uh, authoritarian society where he was, yeah. like, the Jewish jury and executioner. And that was, I guess it was cool. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. I don't know. It's just a, he's a weird character, and he only gets weirder as it goes on. And then it gets even weirder because there's one, we can, we, this will continue our conversation of Joris Sabayoth. Yeah. But there's sure. one ah! one more new character I have to ask you about. Oh, Please. first of all, how many um, extra U's out of a Sabbath do you rate Joris? Zero. Okay, zero. So I the, think he is purely just an arch villain. There's no personality at all. But he's connected, I think, with this final character introduced that we need to talk about and it's <laughs> luke skywalker luke. <laughs> i actually haven't gotten to luke yet oh really what? i know i know of luke yes it, he is introduced in, the, in like the last half of the third oh uh, okay i thought he came in earlier no so never mind i guess we can't talk about luke but there is so a clone not... of luke skywalker with yeah, an extra have you not U. Read about their battle I have not read about their battle. Their battle? <laughs> That's no. the craziest part. Dang it. 
at the end of the second book, it's revealed that Thrawn is using the old cloning facilities to clone like stormtroopers. And so that's happening. And they're like trying to figure out cloning is working. And I'm like halfway through this book and, and they have not yet introduced Luke. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, have well, a... I, I knew that it was happening. I was already spoiled on that, so you didn't spoil anything for me. Thirteen-year-old but... Jasmine thought that was the coolest thing to ever happen in anything of Star Wars. Even the second you, Luke's. Two... I got this for you. Yep, to you, Luke. Twenty-six-year-old Jake thinks that's kind of a cool idea. Still, <laughs> I'm like... a, I'm totally cool with the idea of cloning Luke. It's just giving him that extra you that really bugs me. <laughs> That's kind of my only problem with it is the differentiating it as Luke with two U's instead of calling him like Dark Luke. Right. Yeah. Like Dark, Dark Link, Link isn't called Link with two eyes. Link. Link. He's just evil Link. 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 So I have a question because I don't remember. It's been so long since I read the first one and I don't think it's Your talked screen. about. What's the difference is, does it get into what the Clone Wars were in this trilogy? Like, pre-prequel, what, so, what were the Clone Wars like in this book? Does it say? It's very much following. You, you can tell there was either, like, they weren't allowed to detail it because of Lucas, or they were afraid to make a distinction. But at least in the first two books, there is no in-depth explanation of the Clone Wars. They, they get into like the technology they use, but it's still in vague terms. It's okay. still like uh, bla back in the Clone Wars, they used this or oh, I haven't seen clones that. And there clones. Were wars. There was, yeah, there's oh, a, a war and the clones, clones were involved. Those, those wars we had with those clones, like <laughs> they do not come right out and say what people thought, which was that it was people fighting. That would have been very no. intentional if George had this idea in mind. He's like, hey, don't don't say anything specific about Clone Wars, all right? I have to think he did because he started writing Episode One pretty early in the nineties. Like that movie was in works for forever. So no, Jake, I, I he to... had the whole story planned out in nineteen seventy-seven. <laughs> he knew it all right. at I'm once. Sorry. I, I forgot That's... that he knew. I like it when you do the Jasmine voice. That's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> I've been practicing. <laughs> Do you know what I'd like to talk about, like, real quick, which is just, like, the difference between this as Episode 7 and The Force Awakens as Episode 7? Yes. Like, Let's talk about that. It. So what struck me is that I, I did feel like Timothy Zahn and Abrams and Kasdan knew that in order to keep Star Wars going, there was a need to introduce major new characters. Yeah. But I feel like it was as much as I, I did enjoy this series a lot because it was very fun reading the new adventures. What I realized was the arcs of these characters were kind of over to immediately have it be. I mean, it's I think it's five years after Jedi, mm -hmm. um, which was Lucas's mandate for some reason. I don't know why he felt that was important, but not four, not three, but five. Yeah, he had a weird list of things. Like, it had to be Truly. five years after. You couldn't bring... He said one of the rules was you couldn't bring any characters back that had died in yeah. the So movies. no Boba Fett. I love that he yeah. said that, though. I, I like that he's like, this is not a comic book universe. People can come back to life. And 
Resurrected Maul comes back to life. Well. <laughs> but so what I I've read this and felt even more validated that as much as people have their little complaints about the sequel trilogy, Abrams and Kasdan absolutely made the right decision in centering the new trilogy around new characters and having the original trilogy characters have these nice like reflections on their past like well it makes sense when you look at the saga as a whole like first three movies are three different characters the next three movies are three different characters and the last three movies should be three different characters like i don't understand why people expected these new movies to still follow old characters it's super true not how that's gone especially (laughs) with the timing like mm-hmm. yes, you can't. They were they were just too old. They couldn't carry movies anymore. I mean, George Lucas's stated on the record intention was to have Luke be the you know old master, which which I, I think that's what everybody yeah. wanted. But what what I I think would have been a mistake would have been, and what I was worried about the sequel trilogy being was like the Expendables, where it's like old action heroes claiming <laughs> their glory, and it's like. Uh, this is just sad like it would have been a huge mistake to have luke skywalker being this like flip around like act like a prequel jedi (laughs) like it was but like like jasmine was saying i really love what she just said there because the prequels set the precedent of or the prequel tent of like yoda is the main character obi-wan's the main character anakin character but in the sequel trilogy they are mostly minor characters. Like Vader, for all that he's the main villain, not like he's the main character of the. No. It's not like trilogy. we learn anything about him. Really. No, no, no he's we only learn about him through yeah. Luke. And now in the sequel trilogy, we only learn more about Luke, like as Han is explaining it to Ray and Finn. And like Jasmine said, that's the trajectory of Star Wars. Now it works. And I felt as I was reading this trilogy that what the what the trilogy lacked was an arc for the characters like falling in love and getting married isn't an arc that's just a thing that happens in life that's not a that's not like an actual here is where i'm starting as here's my desire here are my fears as a character here's where i start and here's where i end like luke isn't really challenged at all in this saga han isn't challenged and leia is challenged like they yes it is a greatest hits of all the things you love about them but you don't have any kind of new appreciation for them you don't have any like nice reflection on where they've been whereas having them now as older people reflecting on them with this fresh eyes of these young characters you're able to say like oh han is back where he was before but that makes you appreciate his arc in the previous movie you know what i mean yeah if you go into any terrible comment section of a video about star wars it's always going to be filled with they should have just made air of the empire into a movie because everyone just loves this series and i think that would have been a terrible mistake Uh, definitely now because everyone's too old but even if he had decided to make sequels in 1999 and he wanted to make the Thrawn trilogy. I I don't think it would have been very good. I don't think no, it, it would have been, been bad, but I think it would have been bad. Just just imagine CGI dual Luke's fighting each other. 
Oh, oh my god. <laughs> that's made <laughs> that's made I for like... T that's made for TV movie Star Wars. Like also oh, I do kind of want to watch that. <laughs> but it wouldn't what be Lucas, good. What Lucas said was right. Like the technology wasn't there for what he wanted to do with the prequels. Like I know like he said that and it just sounded like a bunch of pretentious talk. But then when you see his vision of the prequels, it's like, yeah, that actually would have I kind of always believed that. Made that, sense to me. Yeah, I mean like when you look at what CGI was like in any movie in the 80s and 90s, like look at the Star Trek movies with CGI. It's like, oh my God. So I just wanted to make these. I feel like it makes sense. It's, it makes sense to me because he wanted to make these bigger scale movies and bigger scale battles where, you know, it feels like all the originals were more smaller scale movies with maybe big space scenes, but not like big open areas and stuff. So that yeah. makes sense. Do, do you know, like to talk, just like one last time about the what I feel is better about the sequel trilogy. And again, I, I want to reiterate that I really did like reading this trilogy a lot. Like it, it is very good. I it's a very well written and ultimately like exciting, satisfying series. But like Kylo Ren is a better villain than Thrawn. In it, it what Yes. Like as a villain, yeah. as an antagonist. You have such more room for drama with, with a character like Kylo Ren. I, I'm I was way, I'm about, way more invested in Kylo Thrawn than I has, ever was in Thrawn. Yes. Yeah, Thrawn has one note, whereas Kylo, we you don't know what he's going to do the next movie. You have no clue. Exactly, and I, I think that there is a little bit of that with Thrawn in in the mystique of he's so much smarter than us. But that's not interesting because ultimately. No writer is the biggest military genius in the universe. You know it's going to be some contrived garbage. Yeah. Like what what not, Star Wars gave us in 1977 was a new kind of villain that we had not seen before. Or at least hadn't seen in a long time. Like Darth Vader became an icon because he was like a new kind of villain that was you didn't see in movies in the 70s. And Kylo Ren feels like a new kind of villain that feels super relevant but also super different. And sure enough, He's immediately this iconic villain that everybody loves and connects with. And even people who hate the sequels love Kylo Ren. Like, that's what I wanted to say was just like, I do love Thrawn. He presents an interesting challenge to the rebels or slash resistance. No, Republic. Three take Jake. <laughs> Three take Jake. You're moving up in the world. Do you have any but, other final thoughts? Because then I want to take us to a different direction briefly for the end of this podcast. Any other, okay. either of you, any other Thrawn thoughts? No Thrawn thoughts. I guess my only thing is like, if you're a, someone who listens to this show, who like doesn't read the books and stuff and is wondering, should I read the Thrawn trilogy? Because everyone always talks about it. I say yes. I say read Heir to the Empire, skip immediately to the third book. You <laughs> will miss nothing. Nothing will be missed. Uh, and it is totally worth reading. It's very fun and satisfying. And as far as your brain is concerned, it can still be canon because it happens in the time period between Jedi and uh, Force Awakens. True. The, the end. Good, the end. Good. Forever. So good. I want to circle back to something you said a few minutes ago about – this series doesn't challenge Luke in any meaningful way as like ah. when it comes to character growth or Leia or Han, when it comes to character growth, they kind of start as the characters they were in return of the Jedi and they end mm -hmm. as the characters they were in return of the Jedi. 
Mm, so interesting, Riley. So we're starting a new series of books that is actually an old mm. series of books, but we're going to try yes. and read all But it also has the word new in the title. They all have new. <laughs> and we're going to try and read all, all 19 of these books. Um, I am. I am. Scared. I'm, I'm, I'm scared. It's it's I'm a big in. commitment, and we don't all have to read every single one of them. But disagree. <laughs> Jake disagrees. But we're gonna start doing the new Jedi Order book, and I just book and and I just want to talk about it's five thousand pages long. It's five thousand pages long. It might be. You know what? No, we should it's do? more than five thousand pages, right? Well, maybe not. Know. I guess not. Do you know what I've noticed? I felt like that was a solid guess. You're probably the right. Legends, the Legends reprints have all of these excerpts from future books, like 200 pages worth. So I, I got the first book and thought it was 600 pages. <laughs> oh, yeah. 400. And then there's 200 pages of excerpts of future books. So if I'm if I'm saying conservatively, let's, let's do this really quick. 400 pages... Times nineteen. Times nineteen equals seven thousand six hundred. <laughs> Wait, nice. seven thousand six hundred. Why? Why did we do this number? What is this calculating? I don't know how many. How many pages, pages all are in, in all, all the books? That's how many pages. I, I said words and then I confused myself. It's definitely <laughs> more words than that. Definitely more words than seven thousand. Anyway, That's there's like a five. there's a lot of these books, but. We've started wow. reading Vector Prime, which is the first one. Th this is the the Yuzhen Vong arc, which I feel is kind of universally panned as a series. Do you I know maybe what? that's it just me. Was. It was, but I see online these days, I think there's a lot of love for it. And I think that love is deserved because I'm um, in the first book, and I, I think I've read this before, but I don't know. It's a good book. There's just I... a lot of big things that happen in this series that made a lot of people very mad, and they never finished yeah. the series because of it. Imagine. So I think some watched... people didn't give it a fair chance. Yeah, I mean, like imagine, imagine that from watched... Star Wars fans. <laughs> it is hard to, to even conceive of such a reality. But imagine yourself in an alternate universe where somebody watched The Force Awakens and saw Han died and was like, nope, I'm out forever. <laughs> yeah. But they didn't consider th what an amazing thing that was for his character and how it affected the other characters and how it honored his legacy and future and past and all these things. Like, no, Jake, Han is dead. It's bad. Oh, wait a minute. You're right. Luke died. It's bad. Oh, wait, you're right. That is bad. There's no other way for He's my brain dead. to comprehend this information. <laughs> He's dead. <laughs> I do. Let's just talk about it for a little bit. We're just yeah. We're gonna get into each book individually and talk about them. Yep. So if you hate we're us talking get a years worth of podcasts off of these, if you books. hate us talking about books, I am so sorry because we've got and 19 by the in way, the works. By the, like listener numbers, you do hate us talking about books. <laughs> You shouldn't, because we're talking about cool Star Wars things that you've probably never heard of. Exactly. And you should probably listen to them, because they're cool. And you don't have to read the books if you listen to this. Like, you can get the information. And can I just say, delightful chemistry between the hosts. <laughs> Without <laughs> having to read the friggin' books. Although, Vector Prime rules. That it book rules, was great. Dude. I'm it's enjoying great. it so much. When I, it, I know... We're Go probably going to talk about it as an individual podcast, but yeah. I thought that was great. 
it um it does all those things we were complaining about before. I honestly feel like even in this first book, some meaningful character development of the classic characters happens. Like I don't I don't want to get into it in case people like want to read along or something. I can't imagine anyone wants to do that. But <laughs> so we won't spoil it in this episode, but some crazy things happen in this first book and Han Solo reacts to it in a way that I think treats his character very well. What am I trying to say? It's good. It's a good book. It's good. Okay. Got it. Han is good in this book. Everyone's good. And knowing what ha- is going to happen in the future, I'm very excited to see. I mean, your your mileage is going to vary with this series because it's 19 books and, I don't know, 10, 12, 13, however many different authors, quite a few different authors so some i feel like aren't going to handle hans or anyone's development as well as others but in this first book so far uh i think it's good very good i i do feel like michael stackpole is an immediate step down from Arya. yeah yeah i that's fair so far no that's very fair less than a dozen pages in it's hard to (laughs) i love too harshly i love the um the X-Wing series, despite Michael Stackpole and not because of oh, Michael he's Stackpole. he's the guy behind those? He's the guy behind the first half of those. Um, Which I think you have said are like the kind of the weaker half, right? Yes. The, the second half are written by Aaron Alston. So anyway, yeah, you have your Michael Stackpoles, but you have your R.A. Salvatores, who I thought like was going to be bad, but actually it's good. <laughs> have I said that? <laughs> Can I talk real quick about Avatar? Talk about it real quick. Because I, I felt like, because he's he's a real like tried and true fantasy author. That's like yeah. all he does. Lots of D and D. Everything he writes is like the castle of dragons in the hills of Tor. Yep. And you're just like, whoa, that <laughs> sounds like the most fantasiest book I've ever read, The Hills of Alvator. <laughs> and. <laughs> I, I feel like the reason why the Yuzhan Vargas is because what <laughs> the, you cut Damn out it. real bad there. The reason why the Yuzhan Vong works is because he keeps he has this like fantasy center to him. Like he, the the Yuzhan Vong is like super sci-fi, and it could very easily become just Battlestar Galactica or something. But I think because he's a fantasy writer. It still feels like Star Wars, and it's very good. Yeah. It's a shame he didn't write more in the rest of the series because I like the way he Did writes Did he write book. any more? No. Because I looked through the rest of the series, oh, and it no. seems like he no. kicked it off and did he, not finish it, which is he, unfortunate. Yeah, he just did that one. I think he wrote like one other Star Wars book not in that series at some point, but oh, okay. he never wrote another New Jedi Order book, which is a shame. It's nuts. Like, I like was a looking Minoc roast. Through, it honestly is like a Minoc roast on Ardenia. Mm-hmm. What I'm real excited about, or, or rather what I'm confused about, is like the second book in the series is called like Star Wars New Jedi Order something something part one. Wait, let me find something. it because you said it earlier. It's Star Wars The New Jedi Order Dark Tide 1 Onslaught. <laughs> that That's title is too long. That's stupid. That's so me- like I didn't realize that there were like arcs 
within this series. Oh my gosh, yeah. guys. There's yeah. an ebook in between Vector Prime and Dark Tide. Yeah, oh, Boba yeah. Fett book, right? There are no Boba Fett. Fett. There what are novellas between the novels. Oh my god. That, There's a stupid amount of content. That Boba Fett book is about Naminor from the Yuzhen Vong meeting with the Mandalorians to recruit them to destabilize the galaxy before the Vong show up. It's nuts. Here, wait, there's actually a, there's actually longer titles. Let's see. The New Jedi Order, Agents of Chaos 2, Jedi Eclipse. <laughs> yeah. oh Why did they do this? You know, I've never looked at the entire list of these books before, and it seems like the last half of this series, it's got a lot of good authors yeah. in it. I'm yes. excited to see yeah. how good there's this some is randos I've never like heard of before, but there's a lot of good stuff in the back. Part. Yeah, I d I had no clue that Sean Williams, who did the Force Unleashed novel, wrote four of these books. Oh wow, that's a lot of these books. You oh, like that novelization too? Oh, I love them. I think they're very good. Very oh, good. Man. Are you excited to read these now, Jasmine? I'm excited now to read these. Oh, I'm excited too. I'm excited to talk about. Not just the actual stuff in the books, but this whole series, because I it's never going to happen again. We're never going to have a 19-book <laughs> series that follows one long arc. And what kind of it's fascinating to me. Doing in the early 2000s at Lucasfilm that this was able to even happen because they all came out in the span of like two years. The, the craziest part is the first book, Vector Prime, came out in 1999, the year of the Phantom Menace. So you've, the got, these, you, you've got these new movies, the prequels coming out while this book series is doing its own crazy thing, completely detached from the prequels. And then, and then for the next four uh Three years, you have four to six books getting released every year. Oh, yeah, yeah because Nuts. you have the Jedi Apprentice series. You have mm -hmm. book tie-ins and novelizations. I'm just talking about in this series. Yeah. No, the I'm New Jedi, Jedi Order has like series. four books a year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you have four books in the New Jedi Order series, and you have entire yeah. other series happening and like movily novelizations. <laughs> <laughs> novelizations. Movily novelizations. And people think that we're getting oversaturated with Star Wars now. Oh, my God. <laughs> they don't know of the prequel. Because we were also getting video games every week back then, and now we're not. I would love a video game one week out of every 10 years. <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> okay. I'd be luxurious. Hey, so oh, the Thrawn Trilogy is pretty good, right? Oh, yeah. Thrawn Trilogy good. <laughs> it is good. New I Jedi Order Trilogy better. What do you call a 19-ology? I think that. Okay. Non-knowledge? <laughs> oh, man. Nine-ology? No. Nineteen. It's called a 19-ology. 19-ology. Well, there you go. There you go. Good 19 -ology. I'm sure our listeners are excited. Well, you know what? How could they not be? Maybe our excitement will pass through to our listeners. And Seriously, this is going to be great. I'm happy. I, love <laughs> I like this episode. I love Star Wars. That's it. Let's rate Guys, this. Nah, I can't think of another rating. I'm all out of ratings. <laughs> Let's rate. I, I want to get your guys's. I never asked you guys, like, do you guys like Heir to the Empire? Uh, Yeah, but I think I, I do. Not enough to finish the trilogy. 
Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> hey, Riley, I think as a personal goal in life, you should make it a point to read The Last Command. I'm too busy reading The New Jedi Order. Sorry. You know what? You got 19 books in your plate. I can't blame you. <laughs> also, I have to go play some video games. You know what? When certain video games are out, you have to make room for them. You have to. <laughs> you sure do, partner. Oh, no. <laughs> with, with that. This has um... been delicately curated. No, I can't do it. This has been delicately curated, long-form long discussion. discussion. Of the internationally, of the internationally beloved Star Wars, Star Wars saga. saga. Tailored, Tailored to modern <laughs> fanatic. Brought to you lovingly, to you lovingly. and weekly increments by the loquacious, the loquacious yet, yet soothing voices, voices of your hosts, of your partners, of your partners, a uh, coal miner guy. What was your name? My name was Prospector something or other. Prospector something or other. Um, Jasmine. Yeehaw. What's, what's your cowboy name? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and that's a weird one. DJ Jasmine. <laughs> <laughs> and me, Riley, who is John Marston. If I do the voice one more time, my wife will kill me. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. That was really good, guys. Hey, Mac, by the way. <laughs> Hi. Mac's, Mac's been in here for a while. Yeah. Hey, Mac, good job listening in. Good job listening. <laughs> he said we need a, a live chat while we're talking. He was mad that we didn't let him know that we were recording. I'm sorry, Mac. Well, we, we always do and nobody ever listens, so. That's true. And also, I forgot. We haven't <laughs> done Discord in a while. I know. Two times this week. I don't like it. I want to get back together as pals. I suppose I can yeah. stop recording now. Bye. Bye. <laughs> so hey, probably... I just got Destiny 2 for free. Oh, I don't know why I want to say that. Yeah. Did you not, not that I'll ever before? play it. No, but I got it for free. Why? Blizzard. I opened the Blizzard app, and they were like, hey, here you go. Bl oh, Destiny yeah. 2 for free. It's Blizzard. Please play our game. We spent so much money <laughs> making it. <laughs> We'd love somebody to play it. <laughs> Does Destiny right. 2 have cowboys in it? They should. If it doesn't, I'm not interested. I feel like there were kind of space cowboys in the mythology of, of Destiny. Manifest Destiny. That's cowboys. Oh, we're way off. This is going to be a, a challenge to edit. <laughs> yep. So far, I don't. I can't think of anything you'd want to edit out. Oh, I can. The previous 17 <laughs> minutes. Oh no. So starting now, uh <clears throat> Oh man, Echo's running a little cat Olympics right now. It's very cute. Oh, he's leaping over obstacles that he has created for himself. He's a real go getter. The obstacles. Well, he just will like he'll he loves cardboard boxes. So anytime I get like an Amazon package, I'll leave it for oh, him. Wedge. So he loves to like drag boxes to specific places and then jump in them or over them. This is not the show. I literally uh, just thought of that. 
No, 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 no. You're very good at that. At like the time when I re- read like the passage of all the tree puns and Young Jedi Knights, you had all the best puns. I love puns. It tur- I do too. It turns out that there are so many podcasts. And if you the re- percast, surprised percast. Wow, percast is good. That's very good. It's an act. No, it's an actual podcast. If you remember, Jake, when we signed our contracts, I put it in the clause that I had to be the one to make all the puns. <laughs> no! I don't accept. <laughs> nah. Made one hundred dollars total. What if he only made a dollar a book? I, even me as not a fan of him would say that's not fair. I mean, that's voice actors fair. do not make money in general, so I I don't feel like <laughs> books are very different. I feel like if pay authors... Mark Thompson more than one dollar. <laughs> let's yes, get it. Let's I, get it trending, people. I love that we've invented the straw man argument that he only makes one. <laughs> Honestly, it's what he deserves to make. <laughs> he deserves to make more than what he deserves to make. Um. <laughs> That's what Riley just said. Yep. No, so. Man, you, you sound good when your mic doesn't cut out. Ooh, has it been cutting out the entire time, unbeknownst to me? Quite a bit. A little bit. No! <laughs> you didn't even tell me. Oh, we just let it happen. God dang it.